0: Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, it's the lateral lateral show. show. Fasten your your seatbelts, because here we go. fantasy football season isn't technically over but the regular season is and you know if
1: you're plus if you had any studs in your lineups your season is now over congratulations
0: oh yes that's true oh gosh week 15 why do you gotta do oh just terrible absolutely terrible heartbreaker all around but hopefully w- this will provide some fun for you
1: you want to hear something great just a light little uh piece of humor to start out uh the show I have on my Scott fishbowl roster five quarterbacks. Cause it's a super flex league. Got to cover those bases. Um, one of whom is Derek Carr and who is officially the worst quarterback I could have played of all five. And this is a group where three of them are cam Newton, Nick Mullins, and Tyler Huntley, all of which would have been better than Derek Carr.
0: Lovely. Just lovely. Oh God. And, and who, And who could forget the combined nine and a half points I got from Alvin Kamara and Cordero Patterson in our home league. Woo! Yeah! Lovely.
1: (laughs) Dude, it's it's okay. There's one where literally my entire bench, every bench player outscored their counterpart in my starting lineup. And if I had literally just flipped my bench and my starters i would have won like 130 something to 50 but i'm gonna lose
0: oh dear god oh, the fantasy playoffs have been unkind to many including us two these you know, just distraught voices are brought to you by uh myself herms on twitter at herms nfl and the other distraught voice you have heard is mclateral on twitter at McLateralFF. oh god you need we, we reach just, people
1: we, Eats and greets yes. <laughs> we
0: we needed something good to talk about and we figured an award show would be fun because award shows are always a good time it gives us a chance to look back on good things that have happened throughout this year because god oh these last several days just so many bad things <laughs> so many bad things oh i don't know if you have anything else you want to say before we just jump right into the awards
1: no let's do it so you want to just uh just start with the best word first, just so people have no reason to listen through the rest of the podcast.
0: It feels like a smart move, right? Absolutely. We will start with our fantasy MVP picks. And, uh, and look, I mean, the criteria for the award is basically whatever we wanted it to be. You know what I mean? If it's just like, you know, relative to a player's ADP or whatever, cool. If it's just about, you know, hey, this guy scored the most points. Cool. Hey, it's all open to interpretation. That's the beauty of the fact. But these are not rigid awards. So why don't you go ahead and start off by giving us your MVP pick.
1: I have to be honest. This is not going to be long because normally I'm with you. It's not, it's not a very rigid award. It's like, you know, there's all this nebulous criteria, like maybe James Robinson's your fantasy MVP last year because you got him for nothing and he killed it. And there is something like that this year in Atlanta Falcons running back Cordero Patterson you know, not quite as prolific as James Robinson, but nearly equally as impactful. Um, But for me, it's got to be Los Angeles Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup. I mean, the guy is literally the number one overall player in PPR formats, and he still has not played this week.
0: Yes, that is true. They're not even going to play until tonight when you're listening to this, perhaps, or whenever it is. But either way, Yes crazy. Yes, it
1: is a Tuesday game. He's yeah. literally, he's like four points ahead of Jonathan Taylor and he has still not even played this week.
0: This dude just absolutely went off this year. I'm kind of mad that I was one of those people that was, you know, pro Robert Woods when picking of the two earlier in this off season. But, you know, a lot of people made that mistake and honestly it is what it is. But for those of you that just went with Cooper Cup, you're being rewarded by that. And if we just looking at four for fours, uh, multi site ADP from this offseason, they were taken back to back, wide receiver 14 and wide receiver 15, Woods and Cup, respectively. What a dagger if you picked the wrong one because they were probably both available at the time you picked. But yeah,
1: I mean, it's tough because, like, honestly, Robert Woods at wide receiver 14, like, not brutal until the injury, like, you were getting by. Like it wasn't like as nice as having Cooper Cup by any means, but like you were like, oh, you know, okay, sure. But like you, when you compare it against, you could have had Cooper Cup. It's just like,
0: yeah, I mean, that's it. It got uh, it. It got real depressing, especially for those of you that decided to invest in uh, wide receiver twelve in multi-site preseason ADP Allen Robinson instead of Cooper Cup, just to name another fun one. But you know, I'm not. This is not a dunk on Allen Robinson day uh this is meant to celebrate cooper cup cooper cup the McLateral pick for mvp closing thoughts for the award before we move on to my pick again
1: currently number one overall still
0: has not played a game this week (laughs) bonkers man cannot stress that enough yes oh man you know and and that's an excellent pick but You know, I I'm still one of those people that likes to look at it relative to where you drafted them and the return on investment that you got. And part of me is kind of torn here between a couple players. And, you know, I I kind of want to give it to Cordero Patterson just because I mean, come on, it's been absolutely incredible, but I'm going to save him for another award and just Give this one to James Connor because you know what? If I don't, nobody else will. And also, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back 32 in preseason ADP on four for four, giving you RB6 in PPR. You know, I mean, we're recording this on Monday night, so not everything has happened yet, but at, at least as of this recording, James Connor RB6, and he's put up. 16 total touchdowns. I mean, dear God, this man, you know, we write him off, just leave him out, hang him out to dry. It's like, Oh, he's done. He's injury prone. He's moved on from Pittsburgh. Oh, what is he going to do splitting backfield work with Chase Edmonds? Well, he's just going to score all the touchdowns week in week out and just be this steady provider for your lineup. Just, you know what? Got to give mad props to my boy, James Conner. You know, it's probably not going to be the most popular pick. He's probably only going to appear in others receiving votes for many people. But the kid from Erie, PA, got to shout him out. James Conner, you are the Herms pick for MVP.
1: <laughs> no, it's definitely, it's a good pick. Um, And I think the thing I particularly liked about James Conner was you could go ahead and get him and Chase Edmonds in the same draft more often than not. So yeah. You kind of covered your bases there. Um, yeah, it's not a bad pick. I, you know, I think he doesn't quite hit the high that you get from Cooper Cup, but I definitely get the value
0: exactly. You know, it's just like the, the different schools of thought, you know, whatever. And like, there's really no horrible answer to this question, but I mean, also, just another fun fact, kind of like I just did for um, <laughs> like I just did for Cooper Cup. Just off the top of your head, if you had to guess, the two players that went above and below James Conner in ADP. What was his ADP again? RB 32, multi-site ADP from 4 for 4. Was one of them Ronald Jones? No, but he's not far. Ronald Jones was RB 34. Okay, okay, close then.
1: Uh, Was one of them Mike Davis?
0: No, Mike Davis was a little bit higher. I don't have it directly in front of me, but yeah, I do remember him going higher. I think he was in like the mid 20s or so. I thought so. he was like 28 potentially. Yeah, something like that. I'll I'll, I'll scroll to Oh, okay. RB21 was Mike Davis. What? Oh, people I, I'll, are stupid. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give you one more guess before I spill the beans.
1: <sighs> Is one of them like a really bad pick? One of
0: them is perhaps the worst pick. Zach <laughs> Moss. Oh, uh, well, I mean, no, it, Zach Moss was never that high. But so to okay. answer the question, well, you said
1: possibly the worst pick then I can't imagine it getting much worse than spending like a mid round
0: draft pick on a guy who literally has been a healthy scratch more than once. Well, what if I told you RB 31 ahead of him was Niners running back Trey Sermon? Oh, oh God, that is worse
1: that is genuinely
0: worse the worst part. oh my yeah god. the hindsight is like oh is there anything clearer than 2020 i mean like just oh dear god oh wow it's that's brutal although i, I will say right behind him was aj Dillon, who has been very useful at times you know so i didn't want to lump him into this you know to clown him or anything but just to show you like Man, you know, like you either got a complete bust, a pretty decent dude, or like the touchdown machine that came out of nowhere. Like just, yeah, definitely not the same. Not at all. So shout out James Conner on that one. Why don't we turn it over to you for the rookie of the year? Well, so I've got a top three here. I'm going to be
1: quite brief on the uh, first two guys. So I'm going to go in reverse order. So at number three, I've got Miami Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddle. Definitely limited by his QB play at times, but it did also help that his QB loved throwing to him when it was Tua. He's clearly a stud wide receiver. He can make plays happen. He is a fantasy production machine um, until this past week where unfortunately he missed for COVID. But unfortunately, he wasn't even the best receiver for me from this rookie class. That's got to be Jamar Chase, who is a truly electric deep threat. It was limited a bit, frankly, by the presence of T Higgins. And also, honestly, the presence of Joe Mixon. They were able to definitely run the ball plenty. You know, that just limited his targets a little bit. But the number one for me has to be Pittsburgh Steelers running back Najee Harris.
0: <laughs>
1: and there's, it honestly comes down to, he was the top scoring rookie. It's tough to give it to anyone else. No rookie in fantasy at any position scored more points than Najee Harris. He had some truly rough games behind that awful Steelers offensive line. But I think when you take a look at the fact that he was the highest performing rookie, he did have a good season and it was behind that, again, awful offensive line. Like, you know, pretty good year. And I think he's the clear winner for me.
0: Yeah, you know, and Nothing warms my heart more than any sort of praise being given in the direction of anybody who plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you know, just I, I'm still baffled by the people who were so concerned about the offensive line that they were just not interested in Najee Harris whatsoever. And again, to reiterate, you know, on <laughs> like you just got finished saying, it's it's still a bad offensive line. It's <laughs> it's still not very good at times has not done him favors but you cannot argue with the fact that rb4 in pbr on the season as we're recording and you drafted him at rb11 on average just looking at this right now i mean damn i mean there are some drafts where it was probably toward like the beginning or middle of the second round that you got this guy and Jeez, I mean, wow. I mean, he was and great I, for me because
1: I could pair him with guys like Kamara and Eckler, just like all the
0: time. Just like we told you to, just like to- oh man, gosh. that I guarantee you, that was a pretty bona fide strategy for people. Man, I mm, shout out Najee. love that guy. Such a, and such a funny dude too, man. And if if any listeners out there have not seen any sort of interviews with Najee Harris, just like please, just oh my gosh, he's so endearing. He's so endearing. Oh, the story is so wonderful. Oh, geez. wow! What a now, the, the
1: the fake story where he's like sleeping on the floor because he was homeless, or the real story of him.
0: Well, I mean, he see, did live in homeless shelters. I mean, like,
1: it's... yeah, yeah. But he didn't then, like, sleep on the floor in college because he couldn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, in a oh,
0: OK. Yeah. That. Yeah. That, I remember <laughs> like that That shit got a little wild. I was like, wait a minute. Like, we don't like we don't have to push this that far. It's inspiring enough. Come on. Yeah. No, I, I do. Breathe. And like, I remember I think he tweeted about it, too. And it was just like, you go get him, man. You, oh, geez. Wow. What a guy. Big fan. I, I don't know. I'm kind of torn here just because I I will say just like the objective pick here is Najee Harris. And I'm just going to go ahead and say that Najee Harris is my pick as well. But I do want to shout out a player that we didn't mention in that bunch. And, you know, we've done that plenty of times throughout the year on the lateral show, but Hey, Pat Friermuth, his teammate tight end at a position that if you didn't hit on, I mean, dear God, just, like, the red zone threat that he became, like, just still, like, absolutely killing. Because entering this week, you know, before he got, you know, knocked out with the concussion and whatnot, Pat Fryerbooth was leading all tight ends in red zone scoring. All of them. It's like, I I don't know, like, that. that's just something. Especially in the shadow of, you know, people really focusing on like ah, oh, like how weird it's been for Kyle Pitts and blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, come on, give another rookie some love, you know. So just one of the show, shout out the Muth once again. But
1: no, uh, yeah, I I, mean, I love Pat Muth. Yeah, I mean, it was back. really tough to like leave him off for these awards. There were a couple he could be considered for. You know, I you could argue he's a waiver pickup of the year candidate. I just think, unfortunately, for him there were some guys that were just objectively too far ahead. Like having the RB four, as opposed to like a lower end tight end one for half the season, you know, it's just not quite the same, you know, having Cordero Patterson, who's like an RB eight or a wide receiver 12, as opposed to again, a lower end tight end one for half the season. It just isn't quite the same, but Friar is awesome. And again, as I said, one week ago, maybe two. He will be on Teams next year. Don't you worry. Oh I'm very excited.
0: Oh. Oh, man. oh gosh. And I will say he is an honorable mention for me in our next category, but does not quite bring home the award for waiver wire pickup of the year. I think there's probably one this year that's pretty far in ahead of the other ones. So We'll just we'll just get that out of the way. Why don't you uh, go ahead and tell the public?
1: Yeah, I mean it's Cordero Patterson. Yeah. He was an RB on the depth chart, an RB in my heart, and he took over backfield at the age of 30. My oh, man, that dual eligibility is clutch. Again, oh, okay. RB eight in PPR or wide receiver twelve in PPR. Like we always joke about like, you know, the Christian McCaffrey, like he'd be uh top he'd be a wide receiver one or an RB one if he had one position or the other. Well with Cordero Patterson, we actually got that. We got an RB one or a wide receiver one. It all depended on how you played him. And what is insane is his ADP was RB eighty eight. Overall two hundred and sixty-three. That means in most leagues he is not getting drafted. Like, not even close. He was free. Is, yeah. Free. Um bad week fifteen, but he carried you to the playoffs in all likelihood if you were able to scoop him up.
0: Yeah, you know, just- and I, I made the joke on Twitter, uh, much like the Avatar, <laughs> right when the world needed him most, he disappeared.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez.
0: Uh, you oh, don't geez. get there without him! It, like, just that That's the thing that I think people have to remember, and why he is also my pick for the award, just for the same reasons that you said. You know, man, like, four for four adp has him at rb 74 i mean god knows how it is you know just like mixed in with his wide receiver which is probably what you know weighed it down for you know the 88 number that you would share but it's just like either way just like, like crazy 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 and you know if you didn't pick him up and here's the other thing about it i think the best part about him is that if you didn't Like, he wasn't one of those dudes where he broke out so much in week one that it was just like, oh, my gosh, here's your chance, blah, blah. And he was just, like, the first priority. You had more than one opportunity to get him. Exactly. Like, that was, I think that's really the part of it that's just, like, extra special to me, you know. So, shout him out for sure. But you do have an honorable mention that I think is important to to really tell the world about
1: i do and this one frankly could have potentially gone in a big whoopsie um but it was more an error on me with my lineups rather than the advice i gave because i actually felt like i talked this guy up in the offseason in the lead up to drafts and that's minnesota vikings quarterback kirk cousins who just threw a tight uh touchdown to the wrong player uh Reed. in the game that i'm watching oh yeah didn't throw it to kj osborne no no he threw it to smith what's a who's it um I genuinely cannot remember what his last name is. I think it's um, Smith Marzette. Yeah, the, I right. yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. But anyway, Kirk Cousins had been a top 12 QB the year before. He plays really well every year and we always forget it. And we forgot again this year. He was ADB QB 19. I personally picked him up off of waivers in multiple leagues and foolishly pivoted too early. But like, Herms, you were there, like in our home league. My strategy was like, I'm going to pick up Justin Fields with like my last draft pick, and then I'm going to get Kirk Cousins off of waivers. Those are my quarterbacks, yeah. and yeah, I did, yeah, you,
0: and it worked the, in week one. <laughs> the zero QB strategy, but like really, it's a, <laughs> you're you're yeah. pioneering a new movement. This wow, uh, uh. Yeah.
1: so Kirk Cousins like definitely a candidate for waiver pickup of the year for sure just the dominance of patterson combined with that dual eligibility i mean it's just almost impossible to be that dual eligibility
0: 100 percent. and to you cordero patterson you did it you did it buddy congratulations on the lateral award now in honor of uh fan favorite spongebob episode health inspector in which, uh, I guess, the, Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob get it in, you know, their head that the health inspector that comes into the Krusty Krab is an imposter just, you know, just trying to use this fake title to get free food. They've been duped! Bamboozled! We've been Speckledorfed! Oh no! Oh! We have the Speckledorf Award. Somebody that we were very excited about or either before the season or during the season off waivers or something. I don't know. And we just, we got speckled we were fooled and it just made us feel not so great, but there was reason to believe at the very least. So who do you have as your speckled or
1: so for me, I think it's got to be Tennessee Titans quarterback, Ryan Tannehill currently QB 15 ADP of QB 11, but many experts, including myself, had him like in that top 10 territory. I want to say I had him like probably around QB seven.
0: I think, I think we both had him. Yeah. At seven. <laughs> like, it's like oh, he had no. been
1: elite in terms of fantasy performance leading into this season. He truly had. I think since he got to Tennessee, he had been like QB ten or something like that. Like, if not higher. His efficiency was insane. And it's like, you know, he probably is not as bad as people think because there were times this season where he just was not usable at all so i feel like people have just totally fallen off it's like qb15 genuinely could be worse it's not great it's not anything to write home about it may not even help you get into the playoffs but like that means there's more than half the league worse than him you know um and it's just it's tough to tell if he was the issue the lack of offensive weapons no arthur smith like What exactly caused Ryan Tannehill to be bad? And honestly, I still don't know. And there were times where, again, it was really bad. Like he's had multiple single digit performances, including just this past week. And I still can't tell you. It's like, well, Julio Jones went down. He still doesn't have A.J. Brown. Derrick Henry's out. There's no Arthur Smith, you know, like. The tight end situation is garbage. Like, John U. Smith has never been my favorite personally, but even he's better than whatever's going on in Tennessee. You know, it's like, I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. if he gets some weapons back healthy next year, like, you know, he could be a top 12 QB again for all we know. It'll be pretty much impossible to rank him as such, but it wouldn't be shocking to see it happen.
0: I think I'm still probably going to drink the Kool-Aid again next year, just because, you know, and I, I have thought about this a lot. And if you do look at just like the timeline of things going awry for Tennessee, Julio Jones did hurt his hamstring again, fairly early around the same time that AJ Brown went to Chipotle. And at that point, you know, they did increase their reliance upon Derrick Henry even more than they did last year, just because, you know, at that point, the available weapons around him, you know, that kind of just, you know, who's the best player on the offense? Oh, it's the running back, so just give it to the running back. But even then, it's still like, it's not like Ryan Tannehill's skill went away. You know, because like some of these other receivers have filled in admirably at times. So even though I, have you know, kind of figured out parts of why, I think it's going to take the offseason for us to really look back and fully analyze that before we can... Not only figure out what went wrong, but also kind of like you were alluding to, like, what are we going to do with him next year? You know, it's yeah, because
1: there's no guarantee that his situation is going to get any better. I think the one thing he has going for him is it's tough for it to get any worse. So QB 15 really is the floor. Like, okay, that could be worse. But man, what if QB 15 is also like kind of the ceiling? What if it's a narrow range of outcomes? because he had relied on hyper-efficiency to be elite. Now, granted, like, it was because of him that he was able to be hyper-efficient, you know? The ball doesn't just throw itself into the end zone. He's got to be able to hit these guys. Um, Yeah, I, I am truly, I am bamboozled. I am speckledorfed.
0: Is, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill. Yes, I can't even say his name because I'm so sad. Oh, the speckledorf.
1: Also so, real yeah, quick that's, uh, idea for uh our awards since um since we're the lateral show a sideways look at fantasy football thing we call them the side pieces
0: I, oh, f- hmm. uh, <laughs> I i not sure how much i love that idea to be honest but uh i mean i've heard worse so, like, <laughs> We'll add it to the list of uh... (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay, my Speckledorf award uh, goes to one that I don't like, not necessarily. I I don't know that I ever got super enthusiastic about this one, but you know, this is a name that earlier in the year, and I mean earlier in the year on the waiver wire, it looked like this player was about to explode. Just absolutely wonderful weeks back to back in weeks four and five that's giants rookie wide receiver Kadarius tony and you know through no fault of his own i mean he ended up getting injured and then you know daniel jones has had his health issues i mean you know for those of you that didn't see the news yesterday i mean he's already been you know essentially shut down for the rest of the season he's on ir you know the giants offense just completely fell apart it showed flashes at times but just health and so many other things got in their way but i distinctly remember a period of time in which Kadarius tony was like hey this guy could be that you know like one of those league winning wide receiver you know guys that you pick up and just stick in your lineup and you know he could go off for a big play at any time and you know that just it did not really work out for him that way it's been pretty brutal ever since and you know again not really his fault but it's just oh gosh and and I have it uh, pulled up here on the fantasy pros I'm gonna vamp a little bit while I find him because it's going to take a while for me to scroll from week six on oh geez where is Kadarius Tony oh ah, yes wide receiver 108 in PPR <laughs> Just oh, how the mighty have fallen it's from not that great. very high of highs to the very low of lows. So an honorary just so that way nobody you know forgets. Type Speckledorf Award to you, Cadarius Tony. I, I like the pick.
1: I I think I think my only thing, my only real knock against picking him would be like the Giants are such crap and the injuries were so bad that it's like. Fairly explicable why well, things that went was, wrong.
0: That was before things really fall apart. Because if you remember, sure. it was not it was not that long before that that like you know Sterling Shepherd was absolutely going sure. off and things were sure. pretty cool and you know like things were really rolling for them. So sure. I mean, I got that. I got that. Just, just we all got suckered. <laughs> we all got suckered, and I'm glad I only. I think I, I only picked up Kadarius Tony in one league of mine just because, and I remember the fab blows on that were oh, yeah. pretty obscene. So like, you know, that's just, oh, Luckily, oh, I man. had no fab because I spent it
1: all on Elijah Mitchell, Tyson Williams, and Cordero Patterson.
0: There you go. Ah oh, gosh. And oh, t- shout out the people that uh, very prematurely named uh, Elijah Mitchell the Speckledorf because those takes didn't age well. mm, Not not great. Not great, Bob. Then we get into our uh, back-to-back kind of, you know, oh, look at us, a bunch of big doofuses. The Big Whoopsie! You know, something we were just, you know, all gung-ho about that just didn't really work out. You know, but unlike the Speckledorf, you know, maybe these were just kind of, you know, calls we maybe shouldn't have made or you know things didn't work out because of things maybe we should have seen coming or it was just so unexpected all around that we can't really blame ourselves for it so that's why it's the big whoopsie any any number of things could have caused this but we're going to be a little easy on ourselves with the big whoopsie who do you have as yours
1: yeah so there were definitely some options here and like as we've talked more i've even thought about like more that could be there, like, honestly, I was definitely high on Allen Robinson. He'd be a clear candidate for this. Trey Sermon, I wasn't, like, the highest on, but I did think, like, him and Ronald Jones, a solid, like, zero RB strategy. You could get those guys in later rounds. Um, For me, honestly, though, the one I want to give this award to is Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver Marvin Jones. He seemed like a solid mid-round wide receiver option a la brandon cooks or antonio brown it was kind of like this trio of guys i was touting it's like just get two of these three or three of these three and you'll be like golden and to be fair as i stated multiple times this season brandon cooks is a walking thousand yard season and sure enough brandon cooks is a walking thousand yard season antonio brown when he has played has looked pretty good you know the injuries have been what they have Paying off someone for a fake vaccine card is its own issue oh, um, but like I've got him coming back after having the first round buy in our home league and I'm very much happy about it. you know oh, I expect brilliant. him to be pluggable into that lineup right away. Um, can't say the same for Marvin Jones because well the town's still seemingly there. I I don't think college coaches are good transitioning to the NFL to begin with and even I, had no idea how completely awful urban meyer would be and how completely he would derail the jacksonville jaguar season like i honestly my oopsie is almost just completely underestimating the crappitude that is urban meyer's capabilities
0: as an yeah. nfl head coach but urban Meyer might just be the big whoopsie, and like it's not like just just generally speaking for the NFL was the big whoopsie of the year, him him being hired in the first place. Like
1: honestly, there is an argument to be made. You should not be allowed to own an NFL franchise for a year if you hire someone as bad as Urban Meyer had been this year. Like I'm not saying the cons have to sell the team. I'm just saying For (laughs) for next year, the con should have No input in the running of any NFL franchise and Then come 2023 They can go right back, use whatever draft Picks they have, blah 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 But like They should not be running that team for a year
0: the, the league temporarily takes it over. Just be like, go, go off, find yourselves, recuperate, and then come back.
1: You, you, you get oh. to still own the equity. You get to still make your profits. We're not taking any property from you. We're not taking any <laughs> profits from you. We're you not know. moving them to London. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, you just literally are not allowed to run this franchise for a year, and we're going to see how that goes. You're in timeout.
0: Oh, man. Uh, just and the big whoopsie, just a large referendum on the Jacksonville Jaguars as a whole. Uh, but specifically Marvin Jones. Yes. Yeah, so that, you know, gosh, again, it, honestly,
1: I'll keep an eye on him next year. I think the talent is still there. He seemed to be able to still get down the field. And if yeah. Trevor Lawrence is not permanently scarred from this past season, you know, maybe it'll go. Okay. I'm not going to spend any significant draft capital on him. I wouldn't, you know, use a single digit pick on him like you probably yeah. did this year. But like, if I can get him in like round 11 or something, it's like, you know, it could be worse.
0: Yeah, man. You know, and honestly, you know, uh, also uh, Byron Leftwich, offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you're listening to this, we have a request. <laughs> if if you could please take over this team, that would that would be wonderful. Get that job dmv
1: man. dmv native byron Leftwich, by the way if i do recall
0: i do believe that to be the case also uh former quarterback of the marshall thundering herd something you know they they deserve they deserve the shout out uh because what is it a uh, buffalo is their quarterback i mean uh, their quarterback their logo that's buffaloes are fun that's pretty yeah,
1: nice. the logo is an m but i think like the bison
0: is like bison the thing yeah yeah i, knew it was a I th- buffalo think i think
1: there is a bison involved in their stuff. Yes. Um, but there, yeah, the thundering herd, And I think there's an M on the helmet, by the way. Former top seven pick, drafted round one, pick number seven 2003, from Washington, DC. Went to HD Woodson High School, you know. So, definitely again, DMV legend. Uh, and lest we forget, a Super Bowl champion,
0: yes. Also, beloved Pittsburgh Steelers backup. You know, it's a yeah. big, big fan of that guy, big fan of that guy. Oh man, oh gosh. Well. I guess that takes us into my big whoopsie, which was, um, yeah. So, you know, there was a lot of talk in the offseason just because, I don't know, there was, you have to find things to talk about sometimes. And I think it was fair to question whether or not Derrick Henry could repeat his performance from 2020, you know, going for over 2000 yards, joining that very elite club, there was a lot of research done into that about what happens to players in the season following, and how, for the most part, they would lose almost a full yard per carry, and all these other things. And you know, the oh, you know, just you know, adjusting for regression, I think it would be you know like more appropriate to project him for like fourteen hundred yards or sixty, like whatever. And I don't know, I I got I got really into that. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, screw it, yeah, fade Derrick Henry, yeah, who needs it? You know, I was just like, ah, this this ADP is ridiculous. Why would anybody spend that pick? You know, because if we remember all the way back to uh, when draft season was going on, we had Derrick Henry as the RB three, and also more importantly, one oh three overall in many people's drafts. And I was just like, nope, not having it, not falling for that, not this guy. Well. <sighs> I understand that he got injured and that he hasn't played for a while, but I would like to remind the public that as of this recording, on Monday, December 20th, Derrick Henry is still the RB10 in PPR scoring. Just absolutely murdered it, hasn't played in a number of weeks, and is still the RB10 overall. Oh, oh, wow, egg is on my face on that one so a big old for me and fading derrick henry that was my big whoopsie of the year uh honorable mention to my uh, love for ronald jones but you know if you had listened to what you know McLateral and i were really saying the entire time is that if you pick Ronald Jones as like your second or third running back and just stash him on your bench until week 16 then it will pay off for you you had to just read between the lines and <laughs> like oh gosh, yeah. so yeah that's that's what I got uh just bringing it on to a fabulous close <laughs> oh. go team hell yeah and that does it for the annual lateral show side pieces that's that's how we're <laughs> that's that's what we're calling it now oh man I, I think
1: like the award should be like uh like kentucky fried chicken or like popeye's like side container you know like oh. the little the little cardboard thing with the plastic lid it would just just with the lateral the oh my god
0: oh i i love it you know and you know, we'll start it's sending out we'll start sending out the invitations for the, uh, for the award. show next year, we'll work on uh, finding a venue so we can make this a whole life thing. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to show up, <laughs> but Hey, if we can even just get like an equipment manager from an NFL team to show up for this, to accept an award on behalf of any of these guys, I consider that a victory. <laughs> Personal.
1: Yeah. I'm on board.
0: Ah, yes. And with that, we bring the episode to a close, but not without uh, some, you know, just some news about some things going around uh, over at the lateral that we just wanted to announce because you know the the year is winding down. This is going to be one of the last, you know, couple episodes of this podcast before we take our break for the offseason. and um, we will also be shutting, well, not like shutting down the website necessarily, but just archiving much of the written content because over the last two years we have learned that running your own website is a very time-consuming and extremely difficult thing to do. And it's just, you know, I I would prefer to... And, and, we, and we agreed on this. You know, like, I think it would be nice to just have, like, a couple posts up that are just there that'll be, like, updated periodically. Like, one will just be like, the podcast! And, like, we'll update it with, like, whatever the latest episode is. So, so that way, like, the website still exists. It's still functional for something. But, uh... Yeah, any written work from either of us for, you know, the rest of time will not be found on www.thelateralff.com. It will just purely be a hub for just where you can find us in the podcast and whatnot. So that's kind of a big thing to get out of the way. And uh I don't know if there's anything else you wanna throw out the people.
1: No, I mean that's that's pretty much it. You know, I think uh as we grow in the fantasy content creation space it's just you know it's a matter of just time management resource management not being stretched too thin um and so we're already writing at some other places i think next season we will continue to write at other places um you know we'll keep the podcast alive we'll maybe do some live streams but it just makes sense to move the written content elsewhere
0: very true you know and for any updates on where those places may be for us you know because i think you know some of us you know like i think a couple of these places will remain the same but hey if anything changes you'll be able to figure out where you can find our written content by following us on twitter at herms nfl is where you can find me And also, you know, the lateral Twitter page is still going to be useful because, hey, we have to publish these podcast episodes somewhere and tell you about them somewhere. So if you want to keep up to date on stuff like that or anytime we do a live stream or whatever in the future on Twitter at the lateral FF and hey, like we just got finished talking about the websites like the name of the website's not changing. The address is not changing at all. That's going to be the same. That's where you can find it. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, over to you.
1: Well, it's your boy McLateral, aka McLateral ff on the twitter you can find me at twitter at McLateral ff you can also find me here on this podcast the lateral show uh currently twice a week and then we will transition to once a week at some point here um i think i've got one more article coming out for pro football mania and then that would be the last of my written content for the year Um, but I'm going to monitor that, see how that's going. I might honestly be done. Uh, so if you haven't already go check out that article over on pro football mania that I did this past Saturday, where I took a look at the lions running backs. Um, spoiler alert, if you had read it, you'd have known to pick up the correct one. Not that I was like super effusive in my praise of him, but he was clearly the choice. Uh, and then the, um, wide receivers in los angeles i think you need to be putting on your dynasty rosters talked about them as well uh, that's it we're gonna do a podcast again record it on wednesday night drop it on thursday um that's all i got you know eats and greets seasons of eatings be safe etc cetera, etc cetera.
0: yes happy holidays to all enjoy yourselves and uh, whatever you know shape form or fashion that you celebrate things and we will talk to you again in the future. Woo! Woo! See, see, okay, so I thought, you know, going for, like, a, like a ghost of Christmas future, like, woo! so, you know, like, that would be, like, end it, like, a little spooky, you know, so you give people a tit. Yeah, you because know, it was... Beep boop. Follow The Lateral on Twitter, at The Lateral FF, and check out the website, www.thelateralff.com. Beep boop.